0: good to see everybody today our pastor is uh i don't know parts unknown i don't know where he is i think he's in kentucky but he's out today and uh he had asked me to help out and so i'm so glad to be here i hope you had a good christmas everybody have a good christmas Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Happy New Year to you, by the way. We're glad that all of you are here. Um, So that song, I was thinking about that song a couple weeks ago, actually a few weeks ago, and I said, you know what? Uh, Two years ago when I preached on the first Sunday of the year, I talked about the wise men, which I thought was appropriate uh, because they came after the birth of Christ, but also the shepherds. And so uh, I asked Kenneth not to preach on the shepherds. And so he, he was good. He didn't preach on the shepherds the last few weeks because today we're going to talk about the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And so I'm not even sure if we have verses on the screen, but you can uh, take your Bibles if you would and go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to talk about that story. There's some things that I want us to learn from that very, very uh, interesting story and that very familiar story. Um, and I'm calling it Go Tell It on the Mountain. So the song... This song was a song that was uh, sung uh, first by possibly a slave back in the 1800s. And it actually wasn't published until 1930-something. And so it had been one of those songs that had been sung as people were working. Uh, Possibly this guy was thinking about the passage or the stories he had heard over the years of what happened with the shepherds when the angels came to visit them. And he came up with this particular song. Now, John Wesley Work was the guy who actually published it in a hymnal back in the 1930s. And so uh, I don't know about you, but we've been singing it ever since. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And it is because it gives a message, it gives a story, but it also gives us uh, something to do with that story. It, it propels us forward uh, at the end of the song. And so I love this song. I also love it because it's upbeat. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Christmas songs that are just, so slow, and so I also like Joy to the World. So I want you to take just a second, I want you to turn to some person next to you and tell them your favorite Christmas song. Can you do that? Y'all remember Christmas, it was like a couple weeks ago, last week? Your favorite Christmas song? A little audience participation here. So, all of us have favorite Christmas songs and I hope none of you said, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Uh, maybe you thought of a Christian song, that would be good too, but they're all kind of great songs that are sung. So this song yeah, is one of those. So. Let me go over the, the lyrics one more time. I know you just heard them, but go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ was born. It says, While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. It said the shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angels' chorus and held our Savior's birth. Down in a lowly manger... The humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. I shared with all of us a couple weeks ago in a kid's message that the real reason that we celebrate the birth of Jesus is because of what Jesus came to do, it's because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It's because of Him saving us uh, uh, for heaven one day, for us giving us salvation, for us paying for our sins. And so as we think about all of these things back at Christmas, just a couple weeks ago, or actually a week ago, let's, let's think about what God wants us to do with that. So I've always enjoyed singing this song, but let me ask you this. Does the Christmas story end when Christmas ends? I mean, Last week when we had Christmas at midnight on the 25th, was Christmas really over? For us Christians, hopefully not and hopefully never will be. So did the shepherds, after they saw the angels, did they just go back to shepherding again? Did they just get back to their work? Did they just very casually say, okay, uh, we're done with that, let's move forward? And I think a lot of times when it comes time for Christmas, we do that. Because if if I had you to talk to other people in here about your Christmas week... Uh, you probably would say, it was busy. We did this, 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 this. I was glad when it was done. It was fun when it happened. Let's move forward, right? But I don't want us to forget Christmas and the significance of Jesus Christ being born. And we're going to learn about that from the shepherds today. So I want you to know that uh, as we celebrated Christmas, it's just the beginning of the celebration that's to come. Okay, so what began at Bethlehem continued 30 years later when Jesus officially began his ministry. The gospel that Jesus proclaimed during those years and confirmed with his death and resurrection is the message that we are to share. The same gospel that Jesus shared, we should share. And we need to continue to do that. It's the message that we should boldly proclaim. As the slave wrote many years ago, we are Christians who must go and tell it on the mountain. So this year, the appeal from at least Pastor Rick is going to be, let's go tell it. We know we should be doing that as Christians, but let's look at this new year as an opportunity to tell people about the wonders of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been the first one to know something in your family or in your group? You've been the first, and, and so let me give you some examples. So maybe you were the first one to know you were getting a little brother or a little sister. Maybe you were the first one in your family that your parents shared with you that, hey, we're going to Disney World. Maybe you were the first one that passed all your tests and somebody told you, hey, you've passed all of our finals. Wow, what a great feeling. I've never had that news. And then maybe you were the first one to find out, hey, you are getting a job promotion starting at this date. When you become the first one to hear something, you get excited about it. My dad, my dad used to tell me a secret before Christmas. I always loved this. I don't know why he did this, but he would tell me what he was getting mom for Christmas. He would always tell me a couple weeks ahead. I think he was so excited about it, he just had to tell. You know, because when you're excited about something, what do you do? You have to tell. So he would tell me, but he was like, now, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, you got to keep this quiet. You know how hard it is for a little kid to keep something quiet? But for some reason, because he trusted me, I kept that secret. But I got to tell you, I was so excited on the day when she opened up her presence. That anticipation was something else for me. I loved it. So when you're the first one to know something, you get excited to share that news. So the shepherds in Luke 2, we're going to be looking at verse 8 through 20. They were the first ones, besides Mary and Joseph, to hear the best news the world has ever heard. They were the first ones, as far as we know, through Scripture and so now we know that maybe Elizabeth uh, had a clue, okay? She was, she was a relative of Mary. She knew, uh, and Zechariah probably knew because they probably talked, but the announcement that the baby had arrived first came to the shepherd. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have a little, I went to a small church, but we used to have a little Christmas play where the kids would, you know, act out the nativity scene, Uh, usually on Sunday night, they were not bold enough to put us on Sunday morning, usually on a Sunday night at church. And, uh, I never got to be the shepherd. I mean, I mean, you don't have to be sad for me, but I mean, think about it. The shepherds got to stand there and hold those cool little sticks with the hooks on them. They got to hold those and those suckers were about this big. The shepherds didn't have very many lines. So all they had to do was like one shepherd would look at the other shepherd. They would first of all, look at the angel and go, (gasps) they would act surprised. Then they would look at the other shepherd and one would say, hey, let's go see this thing that has come to pass. And then this other shepherd said, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and so they, they ran off. It was, a, it was a quick scene every year. But, you know, me, I always got to be a cow or a sheep or something like that. You know, they put those little, uh, what do they call it, construction paper ears on me. You know, I know you're looking at me and i say, hey, he would be a cute little cow or a, or a sheep. But I want you to know I never got to do that. Now, there's another song written about this. It's called The First Noel. Now, The First Noel says, the first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Now, when I first heard that song, I'm like, I'm I'm seeing these shepherds laying down, kind of chilled, eating some chips, you know, kind of watching the sheep. All the sheep are like, you know, bye-bye, just kind of hanging there. They're just kind of laying there. And the angels come and they jump up. I've always seen it because it said they lay. And so uh, I can't get that out of my mind. And now you probably never will be able to either. But it was a cold winter's night too, according to the song. And we don't know all that about, uh, about this particular night. But I do know that last year we went to uh, the Holy Lands on one of the tours that Kenneth took us on. And it was cold the whole time, wasn't it? I mean, first day. And we were in March. We were in jackets. It was cold. So I know it does get cold there. But that particular song doesn't share the full story. So have you ever stopped to consider the deeper meaning of this song, Go Tell It on the Mountain? Or the deeper meaning of these shepherds out in the fields? You know, the Bible teaches us so many things, but sometimes we skip over things. And we forget that everything in our Bible that God has inspired and given it to us for our instruction 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this particular passage about the shepherds has significance for us. So let me ask you this. How did this story even make it into the Bible? Well, it's written in the book of Luke. So let me give you a, a little bit of information about Luke. So, Luke, a lot of people don't realize this. Luke was not one of the 12 apostles that followed Jesus around all the time. He wasn't one of those guys. And a lot of times we just think because he has a book in the Bible or a couple that, that, you know, he, he was one of the main apostles, but he wasn't. Matter of fact, Luke had never personally met Jesus. He did not even become a follower until after Jesus had already died and ascended into heaven. He became a follower because of Paul's message to him. And in turn, Luke actually started, I'm not saying he quit his uh, physician's business, because he was a physician, which makes him a very detailed person. But he went with Paul on missionary journeys. And he wrote like the book of Acts. And he wrote the book of Luke. And both of those books are written to a man named Theophilus. And it's thought by theologians that Theophilus was a very important man, a wealthy man, who was supporting the ministry of Paul and of Luke. And Luke took it on himself, being the detailed person that he was, to find out as many details as he possibly could about Jesus. And he did that by asking people who were eyewitnesses. And it's crazy how you remember stuff when you were a little kid. But I was thinking about this last night. We had a teacher named Mr. Coggins. I was probably eight or nine years old. And he would make us do eyewitness reports in our Sunday night discipleship training, which back then was called training union, I think, or church training. But he would make us do reports. And we would have to read a story, and then we would have to report on it. And that's kind of what Luke was doing. He was going to people that he had heard about over the years and through all the stories about Jesus, he was going to people and he was saying, hey, tell me about this. And he would write it down. Now, we don't know for sure if he ever met Mary and Joseph, but he could have. He could have, he could have said, hey, Mary, Joseph, I know it was uh, uh, several years ago, 40 years ago, but can you tell me what happened the day that Jesus was born? He could have found these shepherds and said, hey, guys, y'all explain this thing to me because I heard this. And so I want you to keep in mind that as you read this passage, that it's Luke giving a report, kind of like a documentary almost, of what happened with Jesus at this time. So what really happened that night? Well, the night that Jesus was born, the angel of the Lord appeared to some shepherds out in a field. They were just taking care of their sheep. They were just doing normal things. It was a dark, quiet evening, uh, possibly cold, uh, except for the occasional noise of the lambs. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel appeared and illuminated the sky and filled all around the shepherds. Okay, so I don't know if they were laying down, if they were chilling, eating chips. All I know is that an angel appeared. So can you imagine that? For just a moment, let's think about it. You're just doing your job, and all of a sudden an angel appears in the sky, and a huge light lights up the entire sky. I mean, you've got to be thinking, what is going on? I'm pretty sure they had never seen anything like this before. In Luke 2, starting with verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. They were filled with fear. So, would you have been scared? I mean, you never seen anything like that before. Angel appears, you're out in the middle of a dark night, everything's all of a sudden bright, and there's an angel up here. You would definitely have been surprised, and probably you would have been scared. And evidently they were too. Because the angel then said this in verse 10, fear not, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So first of all, the angel comes to these guys and says, Hey guys, don't be scared. Don't be scared because I've got some great news and it's not only for you, but it's to all people. And at this time, probably the the shepherds are not thinking, "Now why, why is this angel here? Why is this angel coming to me? Why didn't the angel go to somebody else? But the angel appeared and said, fear not. Then he says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what are some lessons that we can learn from this story? The first thing that comes to my mind is this. God decides who is qualified. He decides who he's going to speak to. He decides who he's going to go to. God made the decisions, for whatever reason, we're going to see these shepherds. Angel, go see the shepherds. And the angel goes. And you think about, well, well, maybe these shepherds weren't qualified people. You know, a lot of times we hear this about the shepherds. We hear that they were poor, that they uh, were lowly. We hear that sometimes they were scoundrels. Sometimes they were robbers and thieves that they didn't have the best reputation. We don't know that that's true. A matter of fact, in just a moment I'll share some more with you about that. Besides Mary Joseph, besides Mary and Joseph, the people to see the Messiah were these shepherds. They were just ordinary people. They were just like me and you, doing our jobs, and the shepherds had this opportunity the next question I'm led to ask is this. So if God chose to qualify these shepherds, why has he chosen me as one of his Christian people? Why has he chosen me as his child? I mean, is it anything I've done? Is it because I'm so good? Is it because I can do some silly talent things? Is it because I studied? No, God has not chosen us because of that. As a matter of fact, You can read in Scripture that it's just the opposite. He says, for God saved us, this is in 2 Timothy, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it. I want you to say right now to yourself, I do not deserve salvation. Because we know that it's it's by grace through faith that we are saved. We do not deserve it. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. So, the first thing we need to know is that God decides who's qualified. Let's look at the second thing God gives clear direction. So, the angel gave clear direction. The angel's in front of these guys, and they're like, What are we gonna do here? When God tells us to do something, he gives clear direction. Now, sometimes we have to pray about it. Sometimes we have to ask other people who are wiser than us. Sometimes we have to trust God and take a step of faith. But God does give us clear direction. Now, when the angel appeared, the angel said this, and this will be a sign, verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A sign, did you get that? This would be a sign. Now, I don't know about you. How many times have you like wanted a sign? God, give, give me a little more direction. God, do I need to date this person? Do I not need to date this person? By the way, men, if it's your wife, you need to date her, okay? Uh, so, God, do I go to this college or this college? God, do I play this sport or this sport? God, do I take this job or that job? God, please give me some direction on how to handle my family situations. How do I handle my marriage? How do I handle this, this wayward child? Lord, give me some signs. Let me know. We all kind of long for that. And we would like for God just to send us a a text or an email say, hey, do this. But in this situation, God gave these angels two signs. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. One was, you're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And another, lying in a manger. So, I want us to think about this for a minute. So, there are theologians and Jewish historians who shared that there are certain kinds of shepherds that are different from the normal lowly scoundrel shepherds that we that have the bad reputations? Okay, these shepherds were actually priestly shepherds, and so these shepherds had the had the job of taking care of the lambs, the sheep that were going to be slaughtered as sacrifices in the temple, maybe for Passover, maybe for some other celebration. These particular shepherds did not work way out in the wilderness. These shepherds worked in town, in an area that was given to them to raise these sheep. And their goal was to have sheep that were unblemished, to raise those sheep in such a way that when they were presented for sacrifice, that they were as perfect as possible So these shepherds might not have been the other guys. They may have been the guys in town that when the sign from the angel said, hey, you're going to find a baby in a manger? They're saying, hmm, manger, stable. Ah, that's a place where animals are kept. Hmm, that's a feeding trough. Swaddling clothes. Huh, swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes are not rags, by the way. They're not just a bunch of rags that, that, that Mary and Joseph gathered together. Or they would have said something different. But swaddling clothes were very specific. Swaddling clothes were very soft material, much like a real soft blanket that was designed and, and, and uh, sewn especially for these lambs. So, these lambs, when they were born, they would be very carefully taken care of and they'd be wrapped in these swaddling clothes. So, a couple of clues here that the angel gave the shepherds said, Hey, go, there's gonna be a manger, there's gonna be swaddling clothes. And the Bible doesn't tell us how they found that. But my thoughts are it was these guys, not those guys. It was these guys who knew something about swaddling clothes, who knew something about a manger, who knew something about taking care, who maybe even knew the prophecy of Jesus Christ coming as the Messiah. So these were guys who were of the priestly nature of shepherds. And so these guys knew where to go. Now, I don't know about you, But I've always thought that there was a star over the stable. Right? you think that? Come on, tell the truth. Have you thought there was a star over the stable? Just hanging up there and the shepherds looked up and said, Oh, hey, there's a star. Let's follow that. No, that was the story with the wise men, which came later. But it wasn't the story with the shepherds. You don't find that anywhere in Scripture. So the way they knew was possibly that they knew where the stables were, where they took care of the sheep that were to be unblemished. So the Bible is interesting. what it says here. In chapter 2, verse 16, it says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. So number three is this. it's, It's run. Don't walk in the direction that God points you because they ran with haste. Run. Once you know what God wants you to do, run toward that. Don't stop, don't hesitate, go. It's kind of like uh, in the scripture where it talks about uh, flee fornication. It's like run, get on the track, get out of here, run away from it, to something. And right here, this word haste means they said, hey, dude, we need to go see what's going on. Because not only did the angel come, a whole host of angels came and sang, Now, I don't think they sang, go tell it on the mountain. I don't know what they sang, but they sang something. So let's look at this passage in James. It's in James 1, 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So just like God gave a grace gift, a grace gift to these shepherds by allowing them to know where to go and find this newborn king. He offers a grace gift to us in that of His Son, Jesus Christ. The fourth thought on this is when God does something amazing, tell everyone. When He does something amazing in your life, you need to tell folks. Luke 2.17 says this, And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning this child. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Immediately when they saw what was going on in in the stable after that, They went and told. They couldn't contain their excitement. They knew something now that other people needed to know. And it said they not only told other people, but they left there glorifying God. I guarantee you that after they met Jesus, the shepherds' lives were forever changed. You know, when you experience something life-altering, don't you want to let everybody know about it? When you go on a big trip, kids, don't you want to let your friends know what you did? When you do something really cool with your parents, don't you want to tell somebody? When there's really great news or something happens in your family that's wonderful, don't you want to share it? We do. We get excited about that. When you stand in the presence of God like these guys did, your life is forever changed. So there was a point, there was a point where you became a Christian if you are a Christian. There was a point where you realized you're a sinner, where you realized that you couldn't get to heaven on your own where you understood that the only way you were going to ever spend eternity in heaven and please and honor God on earth was to ask him to forgive you of your sins, invite him into your life and make him your Lord, meaning that you're going to follow him all the days of your life and your savior recognizing that he's taking you to heaven. There was a point when you did that. And if you did that, let me tell you, that is an incredible point of celebration. Because just like there was a huge celebration when Jesus Christ was born, when you are reborn... When you become a Christian, you should have great thrill and excitement about that. And you should go and tell. One of the things that I do with the kids when they pray to receive Christ, uh, sometimes they do that with their parents and I just get to talk to them about it, but I always encourage them to go and tell somebody. Go tell your teacher. Go tell a friend. Uh, go tell your grandparents. Why don't you give your friend a call today? Let your parents let Ask your parents to use their phone and call and tell somebody that you accepted Christ. When there's good news to be shared, to be shared, we need to share. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That is worth sharing with other people. And the Bible says, the psalmist says this, he says, Come and see what the Lord has done. And that's what the shepherds did. They went out and they told everybody they knew. You know, I bet you there were years later, maybe, let's say 30 years later, maybe when Luke possibly was interviewing one of these shepherds. And, and they were still excited about what they had seen that day. I mean, it's not every day that something like that happens, right? So the next thing is this. Nothing compares to God's power. Nothing. Nothing compares to His power. When God sends us a sign and tells us which way to go, and we decide to go there, we will be honoring Him and we'll receive blessings. But I want you to know this. It's all because of His power. There's nothing that we can do that is any more wonderful than what God can do for and through us. Would you agree? I mean... God wants to use us, and his power, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes in us, his power comes in us, and his power can be shared with everyone around. I've been amazed at all the different things I've experienced over the last few years. I've been blessed tremendously as a a minister of the gospel. Um, I was thinking earlier, I think this is my 42nd year of full-time ministry in churches, and I've been able to be in youth groups, lead family ministry, do education ministry. Um, I've been able to do children's ministry, of course, been able to do family ministry. God's allowed our family, we were talking about this the other day, God's allowed our family to go all over the world on mission trips and be able to share some incredible things with people. I want you to know that none of that is because of Rick Callahan. I'm just not smart enough. I'm just not good enough. I'm just, I, I, I can't speak well enough. I'm just not that good. And I know that it's only because of God and his blessings that we've been able to do this. I've been able to do some real fun things too over the years that were blessings. I mean, I look over here, I see David Johnson. David didn't know I was going to say this, but David Johnson used to work with me on church staff. And I went to him one day and I said, David, I got an idea. I was children's minister. I said, David, I want to buy a fire truck for the kids ministry. And I'm sure David wasn't expecting that, but you remember that, David? And I said, here's what I want to do with it. I want to be able to go to schools. I want to set it up like a, like a rolling kids ministry show. And I want to go places and do stuff with it and share the gospel. And, and you know what, David, because this is David, David said, let me think about it. (laughs) He was like a daddy. And, 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 but you know what? A couple, a couple of days later, he came to my office, knocked on the door and he said, go buy you a fire truck. And we bought a fire truck, then with David? And we did all kind of ministry with that fire truck for years. God's allowed me to do some great things, but I want you to know this. It's not about me and it's not about you either. If God's allowed you to do something, that's an act of grace on your life that he's allowed you to do. So why don't we say, come and see what God has done. And these shepherds were like, hey, guys, I promise this has happened. So let's follow Jesus. Let's tell everybody. So just like the song this old slave wrote or sang over 100 years ago, every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has a responsibility to go and tell it to the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. None of us is exempt. None of us who are Christians are exempt. Whether we walk next door, or go around the world to share, whether we're talking to a sports team, whether we are uh, doing a podcast, we are not exempt if we're Christians. We are to share the love of Jesus everywhere. We're to be like these shepherds and to share it with excitement. And we're to go with haste toward Jesus and get our instructions and then move forward and do what he wants us to do. Celebrating the birth of Jesus at Christmas is only the beginning. We as Christians have the ability and the command to share the rest of the story. That's on us, y'all. This is what motivates us as Christians to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. So my challenge is real simple. It's go and tell. It's go and tell. This year is the year to go and tell. Tell people at your work. Tell people that you see in your work. Tell people at school. Tell people at the park while you're playing with kids. Tell people your story about how Jesus has come and made a difference in your life. Man, those shepherds, I don't think they were scoundrels. I know they weren't after they met Jesus. And so once you meet Jesus, move forward. Go and tell.